criticism of Cox. He can go on the number of third. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and it's a big welcome back to 2023 to my mate Scotty. Hello everyone, good to be back for 2023. Uh, you, uh, you've come back from the States. You I came back from the States, Big um, a big three-week holiday. I'll tell you what, three weeks is it's about perfect. I mean, if you can have... 13 weeks, that's even better, but um, three weeks is great. We did we did the sun in Hawaii for Christmas, um, didn't have to do the 18 million people attending the Christmas lunches and bits and pieces. We had our, uh, uh, we had our uh, uh, McNeese slash um, heel Christmas earlier than that, um, but yeah, then we went to New York and just checked out um, New Year's in New York, so it was really nice, um, and... By the end of it, was looking forward to coming home and was sort of really keen to see to get back to Australian television because there's not much on Aussie rules at all over there. So <laughs> I was keen as mustard to get back uh, to start seeing a bit of footy on the TV. You did go to a Brooklyn Nets games. That was kind of cool. See Paddy Mills and, and see Paddy Mills and Ben and um, KD and Kyrie. Like, geez, there was a few names in that team. It was yeah. We I went saw the Brook uh, the Brooklyn Nets or the Nets v the Spurs. Um, with Pop, Popovich was there as well. Um, it's it's a great great stadium. The Nets just blew them out of the the park. They, they had no answers for an entirely awesome KD led team. Um, ben is the man's an enigma. Seriously, he's he looks every inch the NBA basketballer. Every single inch the NBA basketball basketballer. But geez. Struggling a bit. He's struggling a bit, man. Like he does what he does really well, but I don't know, man. I don't know. He just he's he would be capable of twenty five, ten and ten. Easy. I reckon a game. Easy, but it just doesn't do it. But anywho, that's not exactly the Essendon Footy Club. <laughs> <Yes>. Welcome <laughs> well, to the new year. Welcome the, to the new the year Brooklyn and Nets podcast. Yeah, um, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, I look I had a bit of a quieter year. I've got Yes, a, mate, what did you do? I've got a I've got a kind of a huge trip planned. In September, uh, yes, I get all the jokes that I've got on social media. It does not mean I think we're not going to make the finals, though I don't think we're going to make the finals. Uh, but I didn't plan my trip. <laughs> that being said, I don't think we're going to make the finals. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I didn't plan the trip uh, thinking that we just had to do it that time frame. So, uh, but this just, is a bucket list one for you. This yeah, is a, yeah, nice, it's a, a big it's, one. It's like a, a lifetime. It's a seven-week holiday. It's a bucket list. Yeah, baby. So, yeah, so it's... Uh, wife comes first on that one, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so I kept she kept it on the down low. Did a whole lot of, oh, I must have watched a whole lot of binge series and moved, catched, caught up on movies, and and uh, just I actually really enjoyed it. Just sitting yeah. there and uh, the slow pace. That's because like, my my Christmas sorry to interrupt, but my Christmas and as you know is busy as is everybody's Christmas. You're driving to here, you're driving to there, you're driving to here, you're having more dinners and stuff, and. My wife and I woke up on Christmas Day and we had, I think we walked out of the hotel at half past one or something like that. We, <laughs> we slept in, watched a movie, 
wished each other Merry Christmas and then wandered down the main street of Waikiki at about one o'clock. So did nothing. Factory it was great. Bit of Cheesecake Factory. Tasty. Thanks for coming. Uh, so look, um, yeah. So the, obviously our first main show this year, um, we, yeah, we understand – we, we always said kind of in the off-season we'll do a few of our Patreon shows and, and for people who don't know, we do have a Patreon um, uh, show that is, 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 is around $4 Australian a month. Yep. And uh, look, it's, 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 uh, when, the, when the season's on, it's two shows a week and, and we've, we've been doing a lot of shows in the off-season and I hope people are really enjoying it. Really good guests. Had fantastic one-hour chat with Paul Cousins the other day. So yeah. Just about the VFL program and all that sort of thing. So, um, if, you're new to, if you're new to the pod, I mean, we've had sheet, or you get access to all of the old shows as well when you sign up for Patreon. We've had... Good Lord. We've had Simon Madden, Sheeds. We've had um, Ricky Oliver and Shaw. We've had yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary O'Donnell. We've had um, everybody on the Patreon. So like Scotty said, it's four bucks. So um, we don't sort of we plug it every now and then. But um, um, get over to the Patreon. Like you said, Scotty, we do a, pr- a Thursday night team selection show um, where Scotty and I discuss the selected team. And then most weeks, in fact, pretty much every week, we jump on straight after the game. We jump onto the pod and do our post-game reaction <laughs> either show. Either in tears or very happy. And it will be, either way, it will be honest. <laughs> so and people see our raw emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's it's what you want. It's authentic and yeah. uh, and sometimes I come in livid and sometimes I come in happy. But Plus uh, guests, yes. the odd guests. To a, so it's a minimum, so it's eight shows a week, four bucks. Jump on board. But, um, yeah, we're, we're very happy to be back doing the main pod. Yeah, so, uh, look, it's pretty easy what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we wanted to do a proper training report on, on what's been happening. So people who know myself and obviously follow me on Twitter or on Bummer Blitz or all those kind of forums and Facebook uh, know that I, I kind of regularly uh, try and get out to watch in November and December and Jan uh, the guys train and have been doing that for quite a number of years now. So I feel like I've got a good idea of year on year of, of how we look in the preseason. Uh, probably last year kind of threw me a curveball because I thought we were looking good up to January. <laughs> but it's funny, uh, I was even thinking the other day, I was like, oh, I mentioned twice in Feb and went, no, they've just dropped their intensity in a bit. But no, it's no panic, we'll get, you know, I was all fine with it. Uh, then realised, um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was probably something I should have read more into because that's how they started the year. They mm. the intensity really dropped in February, and March, and they carried it on into games. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think this year it's actually probably been more of a build up of more intensity as the as this preseason's gone on. So, I think that's uh, probably one of more more positives. Uh, so, uh, look, how's Essendon gone in this? Preseason, this mate, we we got to speak to we got to speak to the change first. So like maybe go off the field, off the field. Well, start with yeah, like the change. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone knows what's uh, different. Obviously, people know the 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 adding on of of, of stance as a full time development coach. Um, Lee Tudor became the VFL coach, and that means stance was no longer the VFL coach. Became a full time development coach. Mm-hmm. Michael Hurley became a full time development coach. Then uh, Cloak came over. Um, he's doing the VFL, he's VFLW coach, but it, obviously they're in the off-season. He's now doing development with the senior guys as well. Uh, so Ben Jacobs. Uh, so much, huge team uh, that you see on the oval now of development coaches. Um, obviously, we all know Brad Scott. Uh, so different, diff, definitely a different vibe. You've got Gia and, and, and Carousella uh, as normal. Um, so, you know, some things remain, and I think G has got very much a high regard from the players, from what I hear. 
Uh, so that I'm really glad that uh, he could he could stay on. So yeah, it's. I was thinking about this show and going, what am I going to say? This is uh, this is by far the trickiest year to read into a preseason uh, because probably the last couple of preseasons, I thought they were trying um, to do quite complex defensive structures and and systems and. And was that at the start of Trucks tenure or sort of towards the end? Because probably towards the end. Last yeah. year they really kicked in where I think they, you know, they might rightly or wrongly thought they were more advanced because they the previous year they made the finals and yeah. Because um, I remember you saying when Truck first started they went okay, it, it was all about handball. It was all about handball when his first year, and then um, mm. they were trying to move the ball by hand, and they were he was all about handball, handball, handball. And then sort of um, excuse me, guys. By the way, whilst I have a cough, just just to let you know, uh, I do have a bit of a chest cold at the moment. So every now and then I have to cough, which I'll do right now. <coughs> excuse me, everybody. Um, and then like the second year was like by foot, and they were incorporating the foot by a bit more. And then that third year, it, it seemed to be getting a bit more sort of complex. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, by last preseason, it was. You know, I remember talking about oh, they're working a lot on defensive structures, and you, you thought of it as a as a positive. Yeah. But what you probably didn't grasp to what happened in the year is it maybe was a bit too complex, and it actually uh, we just couldn't work it out, and and we had so many breakdowns that the year became quite a painful defensive side, <laughs> uh, mm. well, defensive outlook to our whole side and transition footy just killed us. This year, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I'll be honest, I'm trying to work out if I like it or not, um, but it's a much more of a basic uh, fundamentals preseason. Uh, so it's almost like Brad Scott kind of talking about I think he's doing a little bit of how probably Chris, Chris Scott kind of coaches. So I always found Geelong don't have a complex game plan or anything like that. They just do the basics and fundamentals at a very high level. Um, and I feel like we're learning just how to tackle properly and how to position ourselves in the right spots and, and, and you know, so much more kicking. Like we've gone well away from that handball rutten was trying to implement so that's that to me is the biggest change is we have done so much kicking drills uh and development on our kicking and trying to get more precise with our kicking uh that that's the biggest change but it's a lot of it is all fundamentals like and i thought oh well we'll see what january you'll be so interesting when january when they start working on a game plan and uh, no they're just continuing on working on the fundamentals of football and that may be their game plan going it's actually for they brad scott could have every right to say it's footy's not as complicated as it actually is it shouldn't have been as complicated well, it's not as complicated as it was last year put it that yeah. way there's, you defend your man and yeah. you block and you shepherd and you do the one percenters and you can do you, everything at a high level. Can you, when I went down um, to training uh, one time, I noticed that up the um, – which end is it? I don't, they don't have ends at, um, at Tullamarine. Really. <laughs> the hangar end or the, the – hang- No, not the hangar end, the other end, right? So the admin sort of office end, right? Yeah. They were – it was like um, Gia had – and Cara, for that matter, they had these little cards in their hands or something, and all the players had to run over, get a card, and then they were either on the defence side or the offence side, and they had to go and go inside and just outside 50 
establish a position yeah. and they had to do it quickly, right? And I assume that's something to do with like a point's been kicked or there's been a stoppage or something and someone calls a play or something happens and the players need to know where they're going to be positioned. Yeah. Can you tell us about what, what you thought that was? <laughs> well, I, I must admit I thought what you just thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and but the, the hard part is you never really know because you don't know what's on the cards and you don't know you don't know the you know you don't know the conversation inside the four walls of the hangar before they yeah. go out and say but yeah to Grant's exactly right they'll do a drill for only like we're talking forty five seconds yeah um, and they're all in certain spots the drill will happen like the it might be a, a kick forward and guys going left and right and there'll be a very short play. They all sprint into GR, grab another number or number mm. or, or a word or something they like that. They might change the singlets that they're wearing as well. Yeah, and and it's a, and they're completely in a different spot, and it's I assume it's adapting fast to a different scenario mm. and how to position yourself. But but again, it comes back to that fundamentals, as you were saying. Mm. I think it's fundamentals about positioning where they need to be, like when when certain elements happen, like GM probably calls it randomly when he, yeah. when he thinks people are out of position or there's a lot of people over there or something that he calls, whatever he calls, we couldn't quite make it out, but he calls it and they all sprint over and figure out where they need to be for, I don't know, for a point or for a, um, or a stoppage in play or something like that. So I, I really like the... I like that because it was sort of – it's drilling things into the players, which I like. And one thing you, you can tell just watching training is how how well organised everything is. That's mm. one thing I do notice is the – Slick. The slickness yeah. of these drills and how disciplined they were. Uh, they all knew the timing. They all knew what to do. So they were all in a good headspace of knowing exactly what to do what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. It's just funny. These drills are the hardest ones I've actually had to know, work out what exactly yeah. is the end goal. What's going to be the benefit at the end of it? Yeah. There's you, 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 there's some kicking drills and that like, I think I said this maybe on Bomber Blitz, but I, I, I said, oh, if anyone, if anyone actually is hoping the Essendon Football Club is not going to bomb long, you're going to be disappointed with what you've seen in the drills this year because now I've seen six weeks straight where I would say a lot of our ball forward has been a long kick to Peter Wright. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it has to be by design. Like it's, it's no, you know, they obviously have something. They might still think that's the, you know, it, you know how the, the best way forward, but it's, uh, you know, it's, they're the ones where I go, you probably heard me at the very start go, I still don't know if I think it's some are good or some are bad, but I go, oh, gee, like we're kicking it long every time. <laughs> like, is there, you know, are we lowering our eyes or, you know, is, are we, you know, are we worrying about that or, but um, they're very Peter Wright centric um, and, you know, Wiedemann as well, obviously. Um, and, you know, Harrison Jones <laughs> has now started in those drills. Um, excuse the coffee. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to mute my mic, but it's not <laughs> happening. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so um, it, it's really interesting to 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 see that uh, that kick long. Uh, what they are trying to do is make sure our crummers are in much better positions, and there's mm. a lot of emphasis on 
Um, if the ball does drop, there's a lot of emphasis on the defensive guys like Massimo and that to keep, and McGrath to keep it tight, locked in. A lot so, of linking chains out of defence, which I liked. A lot of the yeah. a lot of the players, you look up, you take four steps, you look up, there's a quick handball. You look up, maybe there's another good, like a longer distance handball to another player running past you or there's a quick kick to a player sort of running towards forward 50. So that sort of stuff, I mean, that, that's been around for 50 years, that kind of defensive linking and chains out, so out, coming out of defence and stuff. But you're right, you're interesting what you said on the – on the kicks into forward 50, Peter Wright, do yourselves a favour if you can, get out to see a training session or go and hang out somewhere where Peter Wright is because he's a massive unit. He's huge. He's a big, big boy, right? And he is every centimetre of two metres tall. They couldn't stop him on no. that. And, um, and, yeah, he was uh, – yeah, he, Peter Wright was just unstoppable. Yeah, he, I mean, someone like Zerk is – Brendan Zerk Thatcher is trying really hard. Like, he's down back and you can see Hurls um, providing feedback um, down there as well. And Cloakie as well. It was weird to see Travis Cloak, by the way, um, to see Travis Cloak in an Essendon uh, T-shirt – um, leaning on um, on Wiedemann or providing some feedback, even just sort of providing feedback to Zerk Thatcher as well about what – I noticed one of the things that Wrighty did just before the ball came in is that he, he, he gave Zerk a nice little bump, like a bump in the hip, um, and it just threw Zerk off balance just for a, for a little second, which allowed Peter to get his two-meterness um, up in the air and it was all over, right? Um, so that kind of – Zerk and that they just couldn't stick with with Wrighty, and I understand the 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 um, what is it the they, they must look down and see two meter Peter and just they kick it in the air and the ball go get it. I was wondering about that, thinking is that more just for the drill of it coming in and just having the boys getting the feel of punching the ball and giving Zerk an opportunity to be a defender and that sort of stuff because. I agree with you. If that's our forward entry for next year, it's good that Wrighty's righty and he's awesome. But very predictable. It's yeah. extremely predictable, man. I, I, I genuinely hope leading up to the season they're gonna someone. Who's our forwards coach? Uh, this year, what is it? It's like G or somebody. Isn't G it? went or? to the midfield. Uh, oh. Anywho, question yeah. without notice. Um, whoever the forwards coach is this year has got a little something more up their sleeve than just bomb it into uh, to righty. But um, yeah, he looked he looked great. And when they were doing it, he looked really good. And there's a, a very large pack of boys trying to get anywhere near righty. And if he's got a reasonable position, he, it's all over. And one thing I have noticed too that in in some of their drills over the last month is we've been playing the wings a lot. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about guys um, uh, in the in the next segment, uh, kind of who's standing out. But we've been playing a lot of the wings, which means a couple of wingmen have been really standing out because the ball's always uh, on the wing. Yeah. Uh, so, and then what they do is uh, they more as a surprise sometimes do a slingshot through the middle quickly. Um, so, and it's funny we're, the first probably three weeks we we noticed a, a drill where they had cones. Um, sort of 30 metres um, to the right, left, or sort of, sorry, north, south, east and west of the, of the middle, uh, middle oval. Sorry, the middle, the middle square. Uh, oh, yeah, where, where the ruck kind of, yeah, the middle circle. Yeah, the square. Got there. Um, yeah, and they had it just – and no one could enter that area. 
So that and they were doing a whole match practice, but no one could enter that area. Okay. Until there was kind of like a an approved go being said, and then suddenly it was like sprint. They, you know, a guy would quickly enter that area, and it was like broke open the play, and you know they caused an overlap. Okay. So the the that was one little kind of I guess a bit more. Um, I don't know if we call game plan, but just a, as a tactical kind of thing, as a, more of a surprise. So, um, yeah, mind. but it felt, you know, Collingwood were kind of probably about five, seven, five, seven years ago famous for going around the wings. I felt we were playing a little bit like that in training. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see. It, it's There's so much stuff that uh, is so much, you know, drills on skills. Um, so I talk about this, but, I, I can tell you half the session is just skills. It's just yeah, that's true. Just, yeah, it's just uh, kick under pressure. A lot of kick under pressure drills and just a lot of tackling drills and a lot of it is very much fundamentals football that Scott uh, wants on. So uh, no, I promised I would talk about this and this would be leading up to the next break. But um, sure, but we did obviously have uh, on Friday, which I went to. Uh, I, I did. I did happen to see an altercation between Jake Stringer and Mason Redmond. Just so yeah, happened. you told me all about this. This is interesting. So, and obviously, it's been widely reported now. Uh, it was just by a little bit of luck that I saw it. So there was twenty guys on one over and twenty guys in the other. Literally, I left my um, uh, the guys who I watch with uh, probably about five minutes before that, um, and so I went over to the other oval and. Uh, so I started watching on and not many people were watching that oval. And and then I saw Redmond giving a few I would say he was this wasn't a dirty thing or anything like that. He was uh, playing Jakey just, really hard. Yeah, sure. Uh he was his defender. Um and whether there was something brewing or something like that, but he was you know, he was doing, I would say, match simulation defensive drill yeah. <laughs> to the highest degree. Like, whereas you felt like that's how you would be on game day. Okay. Chirping and, you know, slight that cross side elbow into the back, you know, letting him okay. know you're there, yeah, pushing, yeah, yeah. shoving. Uh, and Jakey was getting so sick of it. And and he probably thought it was going a bit over the top. And, and Mason really pushed him then again. Jakey's – look. This is. I'm sure this is what I saw. So I feel nervous saying this. Jakey's clocked him in the face, man. Like, and whether people, and 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 that's not reported as yet or any of that. And the, you, you saw the push and shove. But, but from being there, yeah, there was- from being there, we, you know, uh, me and my friend Bruce uh, next to me who watches training, uh, we just went, oh, okay. Uh, did you just see that? Bruce said, yeah, I saw that. And, uh, and, it would uh, appear that um, that Redders has got a good jaw. <laughs> so, um, and but funny enough, the play went on. So the ball went back into the into the more towards the midfield area, um, and Redmond's <laughs> the ball's coming in again uh, for the long ball, and then Redmond's really giving him a shove from the back, uh, letting him know he's there, um, and then then Jakey's just grabbed his jump and they're. Going to the ground and start okay, your classic okay. rolling around the ground and yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Heps and, and McGraw and a few others are trying to break it up. Uh, and <laughs> Brad Scott just sitting there, just calm as a it's just calm as anything, with a little just, a little curl to the edge of the lips, a little so, smile perhaps. Um, so, but if you know, to their credit, they they stepped away from each other, um, and you know there was there was you know they continued training for the rest of the you know that was. 
that was they st- still trained another ninety minutes after that, and you know there was you know yep they didn't talk to each other, yeah. but there was no they got on very professionally. Did their every other drill was just as competitive, um, and, and I'm, I'm the- sure they've just gone at the end of it. Hey, all good. Yeah, I think that those those sort of incidents can be like that where you can just niggle and Jakey took it the wrong way and didn't appreciate it and bang and away we go, right? Because there's, don't forget, there's still 20-odd-year-old boys with alpha male tendencies and testosterone flying around, so it's going to happen. But it's is it that one where you can continue on after for the rest of the session or is it sort of Satantara health and kicking people in the head at Carlton and stuff where it's really toxic and that stuff is not good for the club? So if I'm honest, man, I mean, we when we interviewed um, Redmond, when we interviewed him on the um, on the Patreon, um, he was a completely different person to the funny sort of laughy, jokey uh, Redders that you know. He was – when the club said, oh, we can give you access to Mason Redman, he's a bit of fun to interview. We went, great. Redders, hilarious bloke, right? We, we went on expecting a bit of that. Like, and he still is a funny bloke and that's good, but he was deadly serious about his football this year, coming back this year and setting standards and being incredibly professional. And you can it's clear as day that that's what I reckon he was doing with the whole Jakey thing. Well, it's funny. I, I, if, I, if I thought about it, I would have done the sound clip, right? But he, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. But we asked him about the standards at the club. And yeah. he said, no, with Brad Scott coming in, you know, there will be some players that are put out. Um, yeah, and that's you know, and that's and you know, and that's so bad. So be it. Yeah, um, we got up our standards. So that kind of quote rang through to me almost in that moment uh. where you almost say red is because honestly he didn't do anything dirty. He just really replicated as if it was two o'clock on a Saturday at the G, and I'm you know, and that's that's my standard I'm setting. Jake, this is what you're going to get mm. at, on a game day, so you might as well cop it now. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that's the thing, Jakey probably wouldn't have turned around on game day and let whoever was defending him have one, right? Because <laughs> we well, expected it, I think probably a little bit more, but not just at yeah. a, at a training session. But Absolutely. But Redmond, he wants to up the standards. Like he's he's oh, he's a he wants yeah, you know, I all think for it. he he could clearly sell the spirit in the podcast we had that he was sick of the trajectory we're going and he wanted the trajectory to go up and consistently up because he said, you know, I'm now getting to the second half of my career and yeah. I want it to count for something. So um, and that's how he's training. And, you know, when you see him in the top two or three in the time trials, and that's how he backs it up with his words as well. So he comes fully fit, come back fully prepared, and he's a big voice amongst the group. And he, he – Yeah, absolutely. And so, I, you know, for me, I, I love it. I, you know, I, and, you know – Pretty hard not to. I'm not precious on Jakey or anything like that, but it's like so bad. Bad luck. Yeah, you know? no, mate, Jakey, he's way too old and too prof- well, professional. I mean, Jakey's been around for ages. He's a professional. But he, he knows. I reckon when he went home, he probably would have reckoned, ah, I'll let, I'll, let, I'll let that situation get the better of me for a moment there. But Jakey's a unique cat as well. And he's he's probably just sort of overreacted a little bit there. And it's, it's one of those ones where two boys didn't appreciate it, had a bit of a – Jakey had a swing, Redders took it. And now they'll probably be running around on a field together in a couple of months, no problems at all. So speaking of the rest of the boys and coming back um, on uh, in good shape and the like, um, we might head to a quick break. 
Um, yep. And come back, have a bit of a chat about who's who's running around again at the start of the season, who's looking good, um, who's unfortunately like Sardis, who's a bit injured at the moment. So we'll come back uh, and we'll have a chat after the break. Sounds good. A little bit of Blue Monday to start off 2023 there. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then... Oh, that, that's what happens when you don't press the press the button to turn it off. Um, I'm on the buttons today, everybody. <coughs> Excuse me. With the cough and everything, this is professional. Now then, Scotty, who, who, do, we, who do we like at the moment um, running around? Might not just be your usual suspects, sort of the merits of the world and the, and the, the guys that have been there for a while, but... Anybody taking your eye this preseason? Yeah, so I thought I'd go through some names. Look, we're not going to go through the whole list because it will be a three-hour show. <laughs> so there's <laughs> 40-odd players. But I will cover some of the SSP, so they'll be towards the end. Just, yeah. So um, uh, I will cover that because I know I get a lot of questions around that. Um, okay, so if it was the, I'll start off with a not-so-obvious one um, in Jai Menzies. Looks really, yeah, really you good. You forget about Jai. He's just yeah, there looking all good. One thing I I actually really liked, some drills, and sometimes you have drills, right, where you just lower numbers. Like it's it's they split up into two different ovals. Some guys just play different different positions. A classic example, Jai Menzies just might play up the field a bit more. And you do notice when he runs through the midfield um, how good his skills are. Like he's passing – is really elite. Uh, so I've really liked, uh, even on, on Friday when I was watching him, he kicked a couple of goals, really nice snap on the left. Uh, good, good by foot, isn't he? Always yeah, has been. Yeah, he's he's just really skilled, uh, but he's super, super fit this year. This is probably his first proper AFL preseason. Um, so I, I, I genuinely think his, his game's gone up a, a quite a big level. Whether that's best 22, that's that's very debatable. But yeah. but what you do want is a whole lot of guys getting close to that so you have real depth and, and not have a drop-off when you have injuries, um, uh, which, which, which we've kind of had previously. So a really good preseason. Uh, probably a bit more on the obvious side, but just congratulations. Is Nick Martin, man. Nick Martin is, uh, I mean... What did he finish halfway in his running last year in the two kilometers yeah. on trial? Then he wins it this year. He's so fit, and I don't know what's happening, but I swear there's two Nick Martins out there when I'm because tr- I see him on the wing and I don't know how, but then I see him marking at thirty yards out, and it felt like it was eight seconds ago, and I go, "What happened?" And he's just so fit that he's running like. I would hate to be his opponent if I was trying to stop him, man, because he just continually is running at a high level all over the ground and that wins him so much of the football. And it's not just running for a waste of running because there's definitely players in the AFL that run and it's almost like a waste because they don't run to yeah, the right spot. for no spot. particular reason, yeah. He's the opposite. When he Now that he's running even more, he's running into the right spots and just like – He's, he's been my standout so far this preseason. He just looks he looks electric. Um, now, yeah. with Nick, I know that the temptation's been there. We've done it with previous um, 
players. But is there any opportunity, if he's really supremely fit now and he's covering ground and stuff, is there an opportunity for him in the middle? No, because he's so gifted on the wing. In the yeah, rotation yeah. at all, no? No, he's so gifted on the wing. Is okay. Because a wing is a separate skill in itself because you are it's in the outside. It's an entirely separate skill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, you do ha- you, your skill is to find space and be on the outside, know when to go and know when not to go. And, yep. Um, and he's got a real art on not being falsely attracted to the football, knowing when to actually step out and let Dylan Shield win the ball and then he's free. Uh, so he has a real skill in knowing when to when to go in and when not to go in so he can help the team. So he's just had a ripper of a preseason. Uh, I, I think most pleasingly, and I, I say this honestly, is our number one draft pick of 2016 is Andy McGrath. He's, he's looked so solid down back. So instant comfortability. Um, is is the kind of the thing I notice? Yeah, he plays the. It's like he plays the position. He just knows. Uh, he seems to kick better coming from half back when he sees the ground up the field. Uh, not as panic as much in control. I still think he has an element to take the game on more. Like he sometimes kicks a bit too quick. He could take the game and on. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could take the game on more. Um, and just you know separate some defensive zones or something like that. Because um, he's got that in him, uh, but defensively uh, he's been so sound. Anyone who's played on him at, at Essendon um, in this preseason gets towed up. He just one on one, you know, he, he just towels you up. So uh, he towed up Wiedemann. I saw him playing Wiedemann for quite, and he just outpositioned Wiedemann, okay. which is probably not a great compliment on well, Wiedemann. No, I mean, yeah, but, but but he just was had so much smarts. Um, so he was. He looks really, really solid. Um, for him, look, I, I think he's always been unnecessarily, also not unnecessarily, unfairly a little bit uh, criticised because he's constantly had two or three years of long-term injuries and coming back from them. And I've just, every time I felt like his body just wasn't, you know, pre-season level running across the ground. Whom? Sorry, who are we McGrath. talking about? Oh, McGrath still, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, so... I, I sense, I sense, you know, now that he's fully fit, you, all you hope for is that he can get 20 games this year, just continuity, be healthy, um, and then... But yeah, in a position that he loves too. In, yeah, in a position right. that helps the whole team. Yeah. And, and like, I, I know some people, I saw some people on Twitter sort of downplaying that role, so, you know, it's not great that a number one pick has that role. I actually I, d- I disagree. I think it's such an... I think it's a pivotal part of the ground. I, You know, no one can tell me that, you watch the Lions and Daniel Rich is not a huge part of their success. As in like, if you're going out with the Lions, he's in your top four picked or top four or five picked. Um, so, yeah, it, it's such a pivotal role when you get it right and you get the right person who can who can create offensively but is so sound defensively. So Tell that to Andy McLeod, Gavin Wanganine, Daniel Rich. Oh, yeah, um, we're going to uh, want a Brownlow, man. Like, tell that to Luke Hodge. Tell that to, yeah, look, man, the, the, the whole thing, oh, you want your number one draft pick where the ball is, fine, okay. But it doesn't work, man. Like, they tried to make Clive Waterhouse a number one draft pick a midfielder, and that didn't work neither. So if he feels the best at that back flank pocket position, and clearly you can see it every time he plays there, he just looks like a different footballer. He looks like he's meant to be there forever. It's like Laverde of a couple of years ago. You've put him down back. 
he looks like he's meant to have been there since day one. So I'm very happy to hear that McGrath, our number one draft pick, is going to be influencing the back line and be making the kind of decisions that he's capable of making. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, heading back to the fullback line, Zerk Thatcher. Uh, Zerk Thatcher, for me, has been our you know the best defensive player I've watched this year. Um, he's actually stood out actually more than Jordan Ridley. Uh, now, Jordan Ridley, I'm pretty comfortable with where he's at and, and everything like that, but he's been really, really solid. Um, he's built up – it looks like he's built up three or four more kegs of muscle uh, in his shoulders and arms. He so does he, look stronger, I must so say. He looks like he's holding up his ground a little bit more in contests. So uh, I'm really, really pleased uh, he's used the ball well. Um, it, he looks like a player that has – uh, some self-belief. Um, feels like he belongs in the AFL, and I think that playing that last 12, 13 rounds uh, of last year has done him a world of good. Um, so I just can't see anyone taking his spot. I mean, obviously, Zach Reed, um, he's probably more on the other side of things of just a very, very frustrating preseason. Um, he, you know, he hasn't been training at all, so you would have to figure he's not going to figure much for quite a while yeah. this year um, into at least April, May kind of thing as far as senior football. So he looks like just the the, the easy selection at fullback for me with Laverde and Ridley. So, uh, yeah, really, really pleasing um, from Zerk Thatcher. Look, some of the new guys, um, I've really liked Alwyn Davey. Uh, so uh, there was a session I watched the previous Friday, not this coming Friday, but uh, sorry, not the recent Friday, but the Friday before that. He really won a lot of the footy and he was drifting up to the wing, uh, turning around, sort of centering the ball. Um, but gee, there was one play. Uh, it's, it's probably one play that stood out to me the most. Uh, because when he moves a lot in training, you don't actually see his pace. He, he kind of floats across the ground. Uh, and and uh, so what you – yeah, he just floats across Sorry, the ground guys. and then you go, oh, gee, he's not as fast as maybe I thought he was. And, and you look at him. There was one play where uh, Zerk Thatcher was kicking it and he was going to kick it to our one and it's gone off – it, it, it's gone tw- about 25 metres to the left of uh, – I don't know how Alwyn got to this ball. It was it just felt like the most obvious that's going just going to bounce over the boundary line. Um, not, you know, it was just – it was in no man's land on the wing. He, I've never seen – yeah, it, it was so fast his sprint to get to that ball and mark. Uh, you know, it was like, oh, oh. Like you have that gear, yeah, elite kind of gear, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he and he chooses when to do that gear, um, uh, and maybe that's a little bit of fitness. But even another one, Nick Martin was running out of the half back line, and he's the most poised guy, knows everyone around him, and and again, he just put on the afterburners, and he's just got to Nick Martin's kind of leg and affected his whole kick, and. It was just crazy how his closing speed was. So, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm not saying he's playing round one or anything like that. He's got a lot to still to go, um, especially with, you know, you need to know where Waller and everything's at because if they're all, they're all fit, then it's probably more likely. Yeah. Um, but, gee, he's got some – he has got a lot of genuine talent and he's got some exciting attributes. So, look, Sardis is a – obviously we heard the news about the injury. Um 
Sorry to hear about that. Yeah. There was a session that stood out to me the most probably in December. So end of December, they did a, a session just to close off the year. It was just before Christmas around 18th or 19th or 20th. And, um, and they started to do some proper match practice and he lined up on merit. And I went, oh, this is great. You know, this is – I'll kind of um, see where an 18-year-old kid is on merit. And, look, if you were doing kind of voting, you would say they were both equal at the end of that match practice. They played three long quarters, and he would have probably found the footy a little bit more than Merritt. Um, Merritt had, like, some really deadly kicks that obviously has a maybe sometimes a bigger impact. But at the end of it, you would have gone – that was tied, like, and I had Sardis in that in the top four and that on the field. So that was, I'm really glad I saw that session because you saw when he's really switched on, uh, how much ball winning winning ability he has, and it was just again a bit Nick Martin like, just right place, right time, really fast first ten meters from a pack. So he's. He's going to be very hard to stop his first 10 metres. He can sprint off very, very fast. Okay. So that's a real point of difference that we probably don't have in the midfield is that breakaway speed. Um, yeah, so not he's not going to nail every kick, but it it's, seems to be solid enough, his kicking, but it's not going to be, you know, to like a merit kind of level. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, it was, look, it was obviously frustrating here. He's, uh, it sounds like to me it's going to be an eight to ten week kind of injury. Um, but I think they've got to going to wait on tests. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, we've got eight weeks to go to, to round one. Um, please excuse the poor sick boy. Um, I'm really sorry, guys. I just I can't stop when I need to cough. I've <laughs> got to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to do it straight down the mic. So I apologise. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, again, um, Sardis looks like a, a real talent. There's no doubt. I, I must admit I didn't have him penciled in my round one side even before he got injured. I felt like there was some things to just work on and and and, and even fitness and a, a few other things. Um, not terrible at all, but just just such was the, the Caldwells and the Setterfields and the Merritts and the, you know, uh, Parrish. And they're all they're all fit, you know. So and Hobbs even, you know, there's only so much you can fit actually into a, into a midfield. Um, mm. So I thought, oh, he may, he may just start off with VFL and then, you know, if he really has those big 30 possession games and that may be a second thought. So uh, I think, you know, it's like I said, it's an eight-week eight injury and it's eight weeks to the start of the year. So I, I'm, I'm sort of glad about that in some ways that it's it wasn't a six-month injury. But Does that slightly settle the midfield a bit more now? Like, yeah, it's an interesting one. There's a debate, and I'll get your thoughts on this. Yeah. So, when I do a best twenty-two, right? Um, who, who, if you had, they could easily be in the same side, right? But say if a push came to shove, who would you have, Corbell or Setterfield? Now, as you know, and as a, probably a few people on the Facebook page will know, I'm. A big one for runs on the board, right? To date, runs on the board. And if you've played in the past and you've shown some good elements in the past and maybe you're injured at the moment or maybe a player comes into the side that's got your um, got your position, i.e. Harry Jones and, and the weed or Nick Cox or somebody like that who's been out for a while but and, and the other players that maybe like um, Martin and... Um, and uh, what's his name um, from Richmond that we got? 
It may be ahead Durham, of you. Yep. Durham, I'm a big fan of if you have the runs on the board and you're you've not done anything wrong to lose your spot. I reckon it's yours until you underperform. So I would have. I would have Caldwell in the side. I, I really liked his second half of last year. He's got that tagging element that is very intriguing. But having said that, for the mix of bigger bodies into the midfield, which we do need, I understand that, I like Setterfield and his size. But for me, I'm, I'm putting Caldwell in that side first. Yeah, look, I, I think they could both play. Um, so it, it's an interesting debate. <coughs> Uh, because whether people like it or not, <coughs> if you want to talk round one, just round one strictly, this and you're mostly healthy, really good players are not going to be in that side. And it's, it's like I could list it. Oh, you know, I agree. Because I, I had a debate with a, uh, a guy and said, you know, well, I would play both. And I go, yeah, I kind of agree. But you realise that means Hobbs is not in the yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because Wallace now fit. You know, you got to go remember where he played. Wallace fit. He's not taking Perkins' spot. He's not taking Stringer's spot. Hobbs yeah. is Hobbs at a high half forward. So there's, there's, and th- this is the thing is that we've never seen Setterfield play a game yet. Not for us. Not no. for us. That's, and that's the thing. 50, 70 games. Sure, he's played 50, 70 games, but he hasn't played a single one for us. And that's why when, what kind of message does that send to Caldwell? That if Caldwell gets dropped because Setterfield comes in, I, I reckon that's that would be very damaging. Caldwell will be looking at himself. What am I? A block of flats. Like, this guy just walks in and he's never played a game for us. We don't know how good he's going to be in an Essendon jumper. I sincerely hope he wins Brownlow's in the Essendon jumper. But he should – Caldwell should be given – and players like him should be given the consideration first. They're the See, guys I, that I, have put in the I, hard yards. This is where you and I disagree. Because I think if if Brad Scott genuinely thinks that's a better mix – But he doesn't know if it is yet. Because he hasn't seen Setterfield kick a football yet. But how do you know then? You put him in the VFL and he breaks the door down. But not. But he's not playing with merit, and, and he's not playing with that's. You don't no, know. No, but what okay, fine. But at the well, you, know, you know, you know, Setterfield is a player. Everyone knows Setterfield is a player. Sure, but um, he's been a player down half back. But uh, he's never played in the middle where we want to play him, right? So, or well, very, very rarely. Only yeah, as a junior. But that's <clears> obviously where he made a name for himself. Great. Go down to VFL, get leather poisoning, and if Caldwell doesn't perform, then. He gets taken out or Hobbs gets taken out or something like that. But it's not a good look and it's not a good message to say to your players that you've been working hard for two, three years. It didn't hasn't worked for us as a club, fine. But Hobbs has done nothing wrong. Caldwell's done But this done is a midfielder that finished bottom four. True. So I would argue, has he been in form and has he got the runs on the board? I would argue that the whole, well... <laughs> Outside the, of merit. Yeah. Sure. The, the the fact still remains that we don't know Setterfield from a from a... But we do. Uh, no, we don't. We know We've seen him playing player. at halfback. No, he's been a halfback flanker at Carlton. But if you do, if you, so I, I, this is why I disagree. Uh, this, so he's known for an inside player. Yeah, no, no. He couldn't beat Cripps. No one can beat Cripps because no one in the AFL can beat Cripps. Okay. Sure. He's yeah. not known as an inside player. He, he, when, when he was drafted, Essendon, Dodoro threw the kitchen sink at him. Yeah, because right. he and thought he, he was the best inside player in the draft. Bingo. Now he's been playing at half back for his tie. No, career. he's playing so on the wing, sorry. Was he wing? Yeah, yeah. I think it was half back. Anyway, wherever he's been playing, it hasn't really worked at Carlton for him, right? So I know you're picking him on what you think he was when he was drafted. Yeah. Right? So that's great and everything. But can't you pick him also what you're seeing at training? Not not 
Like every 15. match simulation, he's he would be leading our clearances in, in, in match simulation. Nope. Only what? because what message does that send to Caldwell? It means why is he you, a block of flats? Why aren't you beating Setterfield in every in every drill? Are they playing directly on each other? This is the thing, right? Is that all of <laughs> there are many contributing factors, and the most one I would say is that if I was Caldwell, I would be real pissed if a guy like that. I walks think in outside and takes of his merit and possibly Parish, and I know that sounds harsh, everyone has every right to feel their job is unsafe. Because, oh, job is unsafe? Because without a doubt. Because they completely underperformed as a midfield. Absolutely. Job a job is under pressure? Completely agree. But to be tra- to be swapped out straight away before Setterfield's played a, a game in an Essendon jumper? No. Caldwell has the runs on the board. He is the so incumbent. So you, you, if you trade Jake Stringer, you don't play him. You wouldn't have played him in the first month. Who's he play? Who's he replacing? I'm saying whoever was playing at, at half four the previous year. So you, no, Jake, Jake String is a completely different person as an all Australian, multiple all Australian, um, and an all round gun footballer. Setterfield's been an average to below average footballer at the Carlton Football Club. Right, he doesn't have the ability to walk in. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and so that's why I'm saying Caldwell is the person in the seat. It's the um, it's the Kieran Perkins. I think Daniel we just Kowalski. disagree that. I don't think he has Caldwell runs on the board. I just think we disagree. No, but, I think he's underperformed well on his talent. Dude, I could show you podcasts from last year where you absolutely rave about Caldwell. I raved about his talent. Yeah. But not how he was performing. Okay, but we've we, clearly they haven't been coached well, man. That's why Truck ain't there no more. I don't know, but I'm yeah, just saying. So, I, 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 I just think I'm, I'm a little bit different. I, I If I'm coach, I just see things how I see things. If I'm... If I'm yeah, but you've seen fifty. You've seen what? How many training sessions has Setterfield been? Nine, ten so far. You've seen training sessions. That's the thing. You've seen Caldwell play in actual games of football. He's earned for better but or worse. That's what I'm saying. I've seen him. Spot. Yeah. Okay. For better or worse, Setterfield and Wiedemann. Wiedemann's an interesting one. Ask me about that because we had that conversation about does Wiedemann play first game? Right. Here's where I'm completely hypocritical. Jones has the runs on the board, right? But he doesn't. Supposedly. Okay, so, okay, so hang on. <laughs> You're so, saying, yeah. Hang on one sec. You're giving runs on the board to people who aren't performing. Hang yet. on a sec. Um, Jones, this is where I shoot myself in the foot, is that Jonesy has had enough opportunities, in my opinion, that he needs to be put back into the VFL to get form to build up and be and be and get the kind of form that he needs to play at centre half forward for the Dons. Is Wiedemann our long term centre half forward option? I don't honestly think so. Is Jones the long term centre half option? Yeah. Right. So that's where I I just completely contradict myself. Caldwell has runs on the board. He can perform. He's okay. Our midfield last year, like you said at the beginning of this pod, was so confused as to what it needed to do. Nobody knew what the hell to do at our club. It was so frustrating. The midfield the most. It led to the ball being just run straight through the middle and our back line looking like Swiss cheese. So if we can get a midfield that actually knows what the hell they're doing, Caldwell may perform really well. But until then, he's got enough runs on the board to keep a, a bloke that's played in the wing and been an average footballer at Carlton out of the side. However, if the mix is requiring that bigger unit and we know that Setterfield is And like capable. I said, it doesn't 
we're, we're probably having a silly debate because you, you can easily have a debate that they both are easily into the side and yeah. and it's Hobbs that actually has to develop his game. See, I wouldn't say that because I got bagged last year when I said that <laughs> and he proves me wrong is that the more he stayed, like he did the he did the Wangan, sorry, he did the thing that Wanganin didn't. He took his opportunity and performed really well even though he, we, did, we shouldn't have needed him an 18-year-old midfielder to come in and give us some grunt. We shouldn't have needed that from an 18-year-old kid, but we got it, and he's now got, what, 15, 18 games worth of um, AFL experience. I I would love to see Setterfield go back, show the the Essendon Footy Club that he's way too good for VFL football, and then we find a spot in the team for him, Mm. right? And it's midfield. It's not wing, it's not halfback, whatever Carlton was supposed to do, but it's midfield. Excuse me. I I have no idea, and this could easily be wrong. I've got a sneaky suspicion he plays round one. Um, I think... uh, And again, like, because he does have a lot of AFL experience, okay. I think it's it's more around... I think it's more around the stoppages around the ground. I don't think he may always be in the centre bounce um, because there's a guy there that dominates, and he's going to be the next guy I talk about, by the way. uh, in Dylan Shield, mm-hmm. uh, so, and we're a very good centre bounce clearance team. We just are, um, but we're so bad around the ground, around stoppages where it's much more crowded, and you need that grunt, kind of big size guys to try and uh, out muscle and, and win you the ball. And that's where I found Setterfield in the, anyway in this preseason uh, really really effective. So, but like I said, I, I mentioned a guy before Dylan Shield. How about we go to a quick break? We got a quick break. Come back with D Shield. Yep. Um, it'll also allow me some time to have a cough. <laughs> no problem. We'll be back in a moment. Then welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, D Shield. D Shield. Uh, and I should have probably mentioned him earlier. She, you know, when I said Nick Martin um, was probably the, the standout, gee, it's a, such a close second, if if not tied. Uh, and I, I'm probably putting myself down here because Shield has been so dominant. <sighs> this, he's been so good. Um, he is a Ferrari, that boy. And he's been running as well as I've ever seen him run at Essendon Football Club and for longer, <laughs> and for longer distances. Um, uh, so, yeah, he's, yeah, he, you know, it's, it's almost, you feel like almost since that Sydney game, he's a completely different player. Uh, he's, he's, he's mentally a lot stronger. He's, uh, he's, he's, his centre bounce work with Draper is, is elite uh, and he's just bursting for the pack. He's, He's stopping a little bit better t- uh, when he's in full sprint to try and deliver the ball a bit more with b- more poise. Uh, but, no, he's, he's had a ripping preseason. By far, when they did the two-time time trial, he, he would easily be smashing his numbers. I've never seen him finish that kind of top three, top four position. So, um, yeah, all credit to him. Uh, obviously, having having the new baby, congratulations to Sheila. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats. Uh, to the whole Shield family. Um, but... I sense there's a mature, settled person in life um, and wants to get as much out of his footy as he can this year. And 
he's been a lot more vocal this this preseason. Um, I even noticed just just small things, but even Brad Scott sometimes when a drill stops, hey Shirley, tell the boys to do this. Hey Shirley, get the boys to come over here, and that kind of tells you there's a little bit of re- that there's instant respect from Brad where he's at. Because he's telling Shield to kind of direct his group, okay. uh, he's identifying him as the leader of the twenty guys. Um, so yeah, just small things like that, um, uh, which which has been really pleasing. But um, and you know we've 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 had our Dylan Shield shows where I've been very very frustrated yeah. with him. Um, yep. But I've always said on this show, I, I, I'm never I'm never going to have that kind of stubbornness or anything like that. You call out. You call out when I think they're struggling and they're not doing what they should be doing, but you call out the opposite too when they are doing everything that you want them to do. And he's just been as, as professional as anyone this this off season and uh, uh, and has presented himself like if his body can continue this way through most of this year, um, he's easily a Crichton favourite uh, as up there with Merritt um, because he he looks really really dominant um, and yeah. It, it's one position in the midfield you don't got to worry about. Yeah. That's first person uh, yeah. Um The next person is an interesting one. And, you know, I, you know, I'm always, I know I'm going to get a bit of kickback from this, but I can only, again, I can only call it as I see it. I reckon the skipper has had a really good preseason and it is moving really well. Okay. Um, been playing a lot of on the wing. Um, uh, I f- it's almost like he's playing on a wing, like he's coming off a bench kind of thing. So, uh, and just sometimes in on, on a, a drill, being playing half back, but he's playing a lot of wing kind of uh, football, but playing it really well. Um, so, yeah, there really is football left in him, isn't there? Yeah, well, from what from what I've seen, of course there is. He's, yeah, he. He, there's something that's gone on in the off season. I don't know if he's what he's worked on with his foot or his ankle or whatever it is. Um, just something seems stronger. Like he just seems like he's he's running across the ground. It doesn't feel as heavy his legs. It just feels like he's running across the ground on top of it much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and his kicking's been really sound. And uh, you know I'm not going to bank on that on game days, but because he's 29 and you you, you know I can't. Um, not I can't as, just not take as it tr- young as springtime anymore. Yeah, I can't take yeah. it. Just what I see at trainings means it's going to translate because sometimes his action can be very <laughs> suspect. Um, but no, he's he's had a ripping preseason. Um, still, to be frank, still the main voice of, of training. Still the, you know, still the clear leader amongst the group, whether people like it or not, uh, and whether there's a new captain or not. He's still the, he's whether it's the spiritual leader. I don't know what I, I don't know what you call it, but. He, he's the obvious leader. He, it's just so obvious it's not funny. Uh, uh, and he does everything right. You know, training ends, he'll do all the in, do all the autographs. Uh, you know, I even watched him Friday. I know that's a small thing, but they started the session just doing a, a lap around the oval and a kid had a footy on the other side of the fence and, and Hep called him out and then said, come on, run with me and we'll handball over the fence as we run, around the, run a lap around the oval. And this kid's running around on the other side of the fence around the boundary line with him and Hep and him are, are just doing handballs back, to, back and forth and the kid's got the biggest smile on his face. And, you know, you know whether people get frustrated with him and uh, with his form or, and all that sort of stuff, it, it's such a terrific club, man. Uh, but uh, I don't want to be 
downgrading what I'm seeing because he's playing really well and we need it. Like if if he is going to play, we need him to lift his standard from what he was last year. And so far it's been really pleasing. And and it's not just me. If you if you follow the Bomber Blitz and see all the training threads, I promise you it's not just me. You can see the knackers. You can see the other guys saying, hey, Hep's looking really good this year for some reason. Um, so it's not just it's not just my bias or anything like that. So um, really, really pleasing. Uh, I think Massimo down back has been uh, really, really good. Uh, again, uh, really upped his fitness. Uh, uh, he's, him and Heidi are going to have a real de- – uh, again, that you get have pressure a, for spots. Yeah. pressure for spots uh, because the McGrath move down back really has thrown the numbers and the mix mm. out because he's a lock, obviously, and Brad Scott says he's a lock, and we all know Redmond's a dead set lock, and and I think Zerk's a lock in a weird way, and I think Laverde and Ridley are normally locks, um, so you you're starting to run out of numbers there, um, so. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, Massimo looks really, really good. On the other wing to Nick Martin, Sam Durham, man. Sam Durham uh, kicked three goals in the last uh, <coughs> major match practice I saw from the wing, not just from forward, but he's he's floating down forward so well. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's just playing fantastic f- footy and, again, running so well fitness-wise. Uh, I know that sounds all over optimistic, so I'm calling out the ones that I'm I'm obviously saying who I think are standing out. So uh, Sammy's looking really good. Look, the the cons- if you told me concerns, and I'm not going to. I was going to ask you about that. Is there any? Uh, if you well, any negatives? There's no. There, look, there's nothing. The good news is there's nothing major obvious. I think it's it's either where their body's at now. So um, I think you know if someone told me about Waller, I'd say it's actually. List it in one of my positives, it, but he's still fighting fitness for round one. So he's as best as I've looked at. He's looked for a long, long time. Um, head, um, uh, body, everything like that seems in a really good place. Uh, he seems so happy. His interaction with all the new indigenous guys and the Davies and Mankara and that, um, yeah, it's been it's worth fantastic. Its weight and gold, yeah. yeah. So he. It's much more of a positive, but people still have to understand. You still sense he's probably about six weeks or so off that next level of fitness to be really right. Uh, AFL level, yeah. AFL level, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's not far away, and he, he's he's working out. String is a little bit the same. I still think String is probably about four to six weeks away from okay. being. Um, he, he's having some good sprinting moments and that, but. Sometimes I can see him holding back and, and just doesn't have the fitness to run the whole session and everything. But he's again, he's improving out of sight. So I think by round one, he, look, he's pretty much a lock in to be blunt. Mm. Uh, uh, Wanganeen uh, only got clearance to run late, very late December from his foot um, injury. So okay, he he's really coming back from a long way back. So I, I just want to give people that kind of expectation. He's now just doing his preseason, uh, well, now. Uh, so understand that uh, he's picking up fast, um, but, again, I would su- still suggest eight to ten weeks off AFL kind of level. Um, so, look, obviously I get a lot of talk about Mankara. Uh, he clearly is not fit at all. No, um, but, but preface that by just saying, like, he's not – 
He's not he's not sort of come back all chunky and and whatever and and like that. He's just there's a difference between when we say the word fit. Like he could run you and I into the ground, right? Like he's just he's fit enough to run around with the boys, but he's not four quarters AFL fit yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but from what I hear well short of that though. Um Okay. So I I I believe the expectation is it's very unlikely there's going to be a senior kind of level kind of Mankara this year, like as far as fair. And that, but that's he fine, will, man. But Long he will, term. But he will play VFL. And that's it. They're very relaxed on it. They, they, everyone understands the situation. They're going to teach him a lot about fitness and a t- lot about Melbourne life and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's and, a and, – and, and it's a 12-month kind of project that they're going to work on. He's, he, he's happy. Um, but I think there has to be some clear expectation. I think, you know, if I was Paul Cousins, I'd say – and you come down to the VFL and and watch what he can do some games and um, and as his fitness grows over the year, uh, you'll see a, a really exciting player. Probably him and Jaden Davies saying that. So mm. um, look, there's not overly many negatives. Uh, I think there's still things that people are working on. Sam Wiedemann looks a really good prospect again. Probably like Peter Wright in my first six months when I assessed him, um, does a few things right, but contested marking at that point. Um, just not there yet. I think Sam Wiedemann's a little bit like that. Um, uh, just needs to build up his contested marking. I still think Ben Hobbs needs to work on his short passing. I still think there's some sessions where he's just not nailing the targets and just needs to make some better decisions. Okay. But again, I'm talking like uh, he's 19, just turned 19. So... I'm just saying things for them to work on, not really – I'm not kind of giving like the red zone, boom, boom, red alert kind of – of course he's a good player and of course he's going to be a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just things that I've noticed, that, okay, that's still that's still got to be worked on. Um, Harrison Jones only just started this week. So, again, another it's player. another setback. Yeah. It's another setback. Um, credit to him. He's obviously done some work because I felt like he was moving quite well um, just in the drills I saw. Uh, but still – He's got a lot of touch, and he needs a yeah. he needs he needs a big eight weeks coming up to our round one. So every he needs to play really every match simulation as possible. Yeah. Try and read the flight of the ball, get back. And I, herein blows my theory out about sort of runs on the board. But like he's he's been injured, and he's he's come back from a long way. He's got the runs on the board clearly over Wiedemann, right? But in my theory, when he's when he's in form and, and healthy. when he's in form, yeah, right. So he's he's not healthy. Hasn't been in the greatest of form last year. He's not healthy, so maybe it's Wiedemann to jump in until he is, um, to get some decent um, time in the VFL or something like that, build himself back up, get back into form, and then who knows what happens. Maybe you play three tools. Yeah, exactly. Um, so SSPs? SSPs. So uh, there's obviously a little bit of a fight, uh, uh, fight for the SSP spot. and it, it seems to me like we've got a heap of them. Well, like, yeah, there's been a lot of names, but there's just been some different kind of – um, yeah, so uh, I think Jack Cleaver uh, from his friend Fremantle. He's just lobbed. So he's just coming over. He can't. He he continues post um, stray day. He'll he'll do the first session after stray day. So that tells me in itself that it's pretty even at the moment. That they haven't settled on someone. Uh, Tom Phillips obviously been training with the group. They he's, kind of rate him, don't they? Like he's yeah, got he's I, got I, I some raps about him. I got a sense they rate him. Yeah, coming back from. A, Paul Cousins said still was coming off an injury, so only just okay. getting back into footy. Right. There was a guy called Ruben Maguire um, that was going to, but that seems to have been uh, cancelled. 
the look, the other guy, um, who am I talking about? Mitch Sabowski. Uh, uh, from what I've seen, look, solid, but you know, I hadn't. You said this about Nick Martin. I know. I know. You, did, so you said this about Nick Martin. Do you know, I, I just, I, I laughed to you. I'd made this big smile to you because I said, I just realized I said this about Nick Martin yeah. and then he became a star. Um, but I, I don't know what to say, but uh, I think he needs to work on his kicking. Um, okay. Um, but solid. Um, but we'll see. Brad Lynch looks looks good in, in, in some things. I've not so. seen, I wouldn't, couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Talk to, me about, talk to me about him. What is he? Half back, running half back kind of. Uh, oh, is this the well, dog's guy? Dog's, yeah, dog's, dog's guy. guy yeah, yeah. I have seen him then. Sorry, yep. Uh, so he, he looks solid again. So it's. We I also, haven't had a standout. There hasn't been a standout in any way. And we also seem to have a fair few mid to tall sized halfbacks. The yeah, well, Cleavers one, we've got Montgomery. We've well, Montgomery's got, now on the list. So Montgomery. Yeah. Montgomery's had a, you know, he's 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 actually um, looks like he's going to be a quality depth player. Mm. Um, I think he's kind of like a cut above a Cole Hardingham, but plays like a Cole Hardingham. Old school fans there, so Cole Hardingham, yep. Very similar, intercept mark, uh, but he's done some really nice, like he's had some really good moments in the preseason, uh, some spectacular marks. Uh, so he's definitely looks like a solid I guess initially backup player, but you would have some fair bit of confidence. You feel like, from what I've seen of him coming into the side, if need be, like you, uh, if there's two or three injuries down back. Any uh, any info on our other draft picks? Uh, our other draft pick, um, that tallish Dustin uh, Fletcher, yeah, yeah, kind of arrangement. Yeah, Lewis Hayes been really good. Uh, nice, really nice kick on him. Uh, look, like any tall, skinny kid. The gym is going to be his friend He's over the next take couple some of years. Time, yeah. yeah, but as just what you see is just the bones, and you just see what his just general game is. Gee, it looks like a. Uh, I heard one little comment from someone inside saying a whisper. He, he could be the pick of the draft. Um, he could be one of the smokers of the draft. Be like a so they they really like what they're saying. So okay, um, it's just, we'll take that. So yeah, he he looks like a, a really good defender coming through. So. Um, overall, uh, you know, people ask what Brad Scott's like, very quiet on the track. Um, I work with a guy, sorry, I work with a guy, um, who is a North supporter who was around during the Brad Scott years. And he was saying that Brad back when he was at North didn't let the, he let the, um, assistant coaches do the training sessions. Yeah. Very um, much. A, yeah. I think he's doing fun. the same sort of thing at Essendon. Yeah. It, it's basically, he lets them do, and then probably half each half an hour he'll call, a lot of people in and then yep. he may have a chat. Um, but he seems to really trust Gia to run quite a bit of the show. Gia's, Gia's got – you sense Gia's the most senior now of, of, the, of the assistants. assistants. Yeah. He seems to be running the whole show quite a lot as far as running the drills, the messaging. Um, but, yeah, look, people will be pleased about how much development's going into a lot of players um, and much more one-on-one. Like just an example, when we talk about Harrison Jones – um, uh, even even towards the end of Friday's training, they they got him aside on the other oval, and Cloak and Hurley uh, were both on him and teaching him uh, leading pattern drills and that sort of stuff. And they got more time for that, and they got the guys, the right guys, to actually do that. 
Mm. Um, if, if, you know, you got Cloak from a half forward point of view, and you got Hurley from a defensive point yeah. of view. So you got Cloak and Easy talking about the patterns of leading, and Cloaky, you know, to his credit, actually was a very good leader up to up, up, yeah. up the footy. Um, but then you got Hurl's point of view of what annoys me as a defender. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so here's what they're going to throw at you. But they, so you had like a, a proper twenty minute, twenty twenty five minute kind of drill session of them doing extra time with Harrison Jones, and, and that's constantly happening where they're getting some guys pulled aside. You know, it might be Jake Kelly got pulled aside, and and they worked on when he marks the ball, how he can play on quicker and how he can dispose of the ball quicker, make quicker decisions and working on that. And um, just identifying unique things about each individual player uh, of where they can slightly improve and, and kind of honing on it a, a lot more. Um, so that's the pleasing part. So, And again, I, that, that speaks to the, to the review mm-hmm. about development. Yeah, right. Exactly. It speaks to it speaks to the development piece. So that that review is is being implemented on the field. They've got those heap of um, of extra coaching staff and extra time to develop Harrison Jones and develop to develop uh, Hobbs and and Kelly, who's only reasonably young as well. So that, that's encouraging to see that it's translating from paper um, in the review through to the actual ground. So sorry if I if I missed a play you actually wanted to hear from just. You can tweet me if you if you want to ask a question. The last one is: I think this is the year Patrick Voss plays a game. I see. Okay, game. Oh, that's all I say. Yeah. It might not be round one. You but, love this man, but you do I love think this, this is the year he plays a game. I've seen enough in he's in, totally increased his running capacity. The general fitness of the team, I will say, to 90 percent of the core team who aren't didn't have coming into it niggling injuries into the preseason. If you were if you were healthy. Most of those guys seem to be at least 10% better than they were last year. Uh, Patrick Voss seems to be 25% better last year. He's running so well. And right. he's, he's he's really become very good leading up to the football. Uh, again, uh, one of the games was red team versus black team. Uh, he was on the red team. He kicked the first three goals for them. Uh, and it looks really damaging uh, he's not going to win every contested ball, I can tell you that. Uh, sorry, contested mark. He He's still got to work on his hands. There's, yeah. there's a reason why he was a late rookie and all that sort of stuff. He's got but his weaknesses. They would be tempted though, right? But his competitiveness t- and and his leading is really exceptional. He's quicker than you think. And he and it's very hard to get an arm around him because his shoulders are so big yeah, when, for, when, for a kid. Because so. you'd be worried about him ripping it off. <laughs> so, yeah, he tackles the, for pain too. So... Uh, so look, that's that's about it for us. But um, hopefully, that's a, gives you a bit of an uh, an overview of where we're seeing training. It's yeah. a it's always an optimistic view because that's how you are every time this year. Um, but you know, I've, and again, I've, we're starting from scratch. Yeah, we're starting from scratch with Scotty and and the new extra coaches and the new vision, and we've got to learn from the ground up again. And we were sort of having this conversation a few years ago when Truck arrived and. Everybody was all excited about the new opportunity and new coach and right, we'll start again and away we go. We've got to do it again, people. And that's why when sort of Scotty said at the start of the pod, we may not, well, he's going to go away in September because it's not that he doesn't think we're going to make finals, it's just that we probably won't make finals. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, it's encouraging to, if you try and put all the um, the positive spins on it, that we've got a new opportunity, a new coach, we've got 
um, a good direction all the way from the, the board to the CEO to everybody now. It's going to take some time, but the players from Squat Scotty's told me the players look – they look good. We've got a whole mess of new talent come in. They look more professional this year. I think that's yeah. a key word is they – you know, you may disagree with drills or not, but how they're going about each one is very professional. They, they put in maximum effort for each drill – um, so, but that's Brad Scott, right? Like you'd, you'd figure yeah. that directly from him. And, and look, and, and obviously people who don't listen to our Patreon shows, you even heard Paul Cousins talk about the new CEO, Vosso, um, who's has football administration and football list management and football program background. And, you know, obviously took over West Coast football program and they won a premiership pretty not long after. Um, so even he, you know, he was saying, you know, Vosso reached out to me and wants to understand the VFL program and 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 you can sense there's a bit more urgency on football. Like, which, which sounds crazy because you think that's your number one uh, that you look after. Um, but it's kind of like if it's well and truly that the echo of the saga and all that sort of stuff is mm. well and truly dead. Yeah. Um, uh, we're football club, we're focused football, we want success and we're going to be a bit more professional and ruthless to get there. So I, I, that's what I've just sensed. You know, whether you agree with the drills or go, I'm not sure what that all means. Uh, it's how they're actually doing everyone is really professional, getting maximum of what they can do out of it. They're running really hard. They're really fit. And that's all you can ask. Uh, and then we'll see where that leads to in, in March and April. Absolutely. Well, guys, um, we hope you enjoy that pod, the extra extended version <laughs> for our first one back. Um, Scotty and I like um, banging on full stop anyway. Um, we will be back sort of sporadically over the next sort of few weeks and months just before the um, the season starts. Um, like you said, Scotty, um, at the beginning of the, of the pod, we've got the um, Patreon um, we've got uh, – we do some more shows over there with some more specific guests. We'll probably have one or two or more of those before the season starts. Um, but then we're really looking forward to getting into season 23, getting our first – who's our first game, Scotty? Uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne, yeah. It's Hawthorne, yes. Me and uh, – <laughs> he probably won't He probably won't um, listen to this. But Rohan de Silva uh, will be going uh, on that. There'll be a little tasty little bet on that somewhere. Um, so really looking forward to that. But um, to all of our fans that uh, that listen to the main pod, um, we're very happy to be back. We're very happy um, that you guys are still with us um, and listening to us after uh, all this period of time. So um, it's farewell for today's show, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Talk to you guys.